DeAndre, I think the church wants to let you know that they appreciate you, I think. And they're glad that you're back. Good morning once again and uh, welcome. My name is Alan. I'm honored to uh, be with you here today and uh, uh, share a few things with you. I was supposed to this morning do part four of a series that we've been doing talking about the Bible, looking at ways that, that reasons that we don't read the Bible. Um, but sometimes um, uh, things happen in life that are not the way we planned. Uh, most of us would celebrate uh, here this year that the Phoenix Suns are doing pretty well. Pretty well. Okay. Yay. Taking down LeBron. Okay, some pretty, pretty good stuff. But this year has not been great for my Edmonton Oilers. I know you're all aware of this. I'll just remind you, it's, it's a hockey team, just so you know. Uh, make sure you, we're on the same page here. This year, during the regular season, the Edmonton Oilers had the top two players in the league, the two best players in the league, and they got swept in the first round, four games, first four games, and they were gone. See, because sometimes life doesn't go the way we planned. We all had plans last year at the beginning of 2020. We were excited about a new year. We had vacations that we wanted to take. We had parties that we wanted to host. We had new things that we wanted to try, challenges we wanted to go after, etc. But then COVID comes in, things change because sometimes life doesn't go as planned. So what about you? What, what's happening in your life right now that is not what you had planned? It is, it, you were on a certain path, Go in a certain way, and then whoop, you get off that path. Is there something like that in your life right now? Maybe there was a promotion that you had been working hard on, and you were just thinking it was going to go in a certain direction. Maybe it's a significant relationship in your life. It's a boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, parent, child, and for whatever reason, it just took a turn for, for the worse, and you're just, it's just not what you had hoped or planned in that relationship. Maybe it's a health issue. Something snuck up on you or on someone that you love, and it just, it, it just changed the plan. It changed 2021 for you. Or maybe it is a conflict with a friend, with a neighbor, with a coworker. And so something is just, it's just not what you had thought it was going to be or what you hoped it was going to be. What are we supposed to do when life doesn't go as planned? Would you bow your heads and pray with me. Father in heaven, we, we value our plans. We work hard for them. We seek them. We desire them. We cling to them. We wrap things around them. And so, Father, there are times when we, when we may need to let go of them. And so, uh, God, help us to, to trust you more than we trust our plans. Whatever that looks like, whatever that shape that is for each of us here in this room, God, help us to trust you more than we trust our plans, we pray in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. I want to start this morning by sharing a modern parable with you. Jesus spoke in parables. He was a master at doing that. A parable is just a, a made-up story 
that helps us understand ourselves and helps us understand life around us. And Jesus was great at it. And I was watching a TV show recently, and it was, it was the beginning of the show just felt like a parable to me, and it really uh, had connected with me. If I told you that the TV show the parable was from was Grey's Anatomy, I may have to hand in my man card, so I'll leave that detail out. Okay, we'll just pretend, we'll just say it's from some unnamed show. Okay, so the parable starts off with a narrator asking the following three questions. Do you know who you are? Do you know what has happened to you? Do you want to live life this way? And the story then introduces us to a young man who was in a terrible car accident. He was rushed to the hospital, and they had to do surgery on him, and they had to sedate him for that surgery. So he's, he's lying in a, in a bed in the hospital, and then we cut to the doctor having a conversation with his young wife and letting her know the severity of the situation, that in the accident he broke multiple parts of his spine, and uh, so he would be paralyzed from the neck down for the rest of his life. He wouldn't even be able to breathe on his own. He'll be on a ventilator for the rest of his life. And this poor young woman then has to say, we need to wake him. We need to wake my husband up to find out if he wants to live this way. I don't think he'll want to continue living this way. And so the doctor says, are you sure? It would be tr pretty traumatic for him to wake him out of his uh, uh, sedation right now. And yep, yep, yep. So they went over and woke him up, and then the doctor leaned over him, and, and she said, uh, I, I have to ask you a few questions, and they're very important questions. You have a ventilator in your mouth, and so you cannot answer. But what, what I just want you to respond is either with a yes or with a no. And the doctor says, do you know who you are? Do you know what has happened to you? And so then the doctor explains the result of the car accident, the severity of it, etc. And then the doctor says, now I have one very important question for you, and you need to understand what this question means. Do you want to live your life this way? Can you imagine that scenario? Can you imagine being in that hospital bed? What makes a parable powerful is that we read it or hear it, and we put ourselves in it. We, we dive into it. We see ourselves in it. Could you imagine driving in your car somewhere, and then something happens in front of you? There's a vehicle that cuts in front, and then everything goes black, and then you wake up with, a, with your spouse and a doctor hovering over you and asking you these questions. Now, this parable is a, is a severe, severe maximum worst-case scenario in terms of us having to deal with this question. What are we supposed to do when life doesn't go as planned? Do you know who you are? Do you know what has happened to you? Do you want to live life this way? For me, I've, I've been asking myself, some of these questions recently. And I think that's why this beginning of this show just, just jumped out at me as, as a parable. The past 15 months have been a, an important, soul-searching, difficult journey for me because I have been precisely doing what I have been asking you to do for years. And that is to, to, to understand what your role is in the story. 
I've been really exploring, okay, God, what is my role in the story right now? Many of you might remember back in February, we made an announcement. There's a, there's a job change for me here, uh, making a switch from senior pastor to teaching pastor. And, and we walked through that a little bit and had a Q&A in response to that. And that was, that was about a year into this 15-month journey of trying to navigate, trying to figure out what this is all going to look like. And really, that February meeting was, was essentially a Hail Mary to, to try something, to see if we can make something work, to me, see if we can make a switch like this, see if we can make it all work out. And it was a genuine hope and an effort to say, maybe this would be some other transition that will work out to make everything, you know, continue to, to go as we plan. Here's what I've uh, come to understand, because the last four months have been very complicated with that, with that switch, etc. Your church needs a leader. Any organization needs a leader. It is an essential part of moving in the same direction and being healthy. In, in biblical terms, a flock needs a shepherd. That an organization needs someone to identify the vision. What is it that we're going after? And then to provide clarity in terms of how we're going to get there. And so any organization needs a leader. The board and I are absolutely on the same page with that on the importance of Mountain Park Church having clarity on who our leader is, who, who is, 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 has God put in that position to, to, um, to be the shepherd of the flock. And what I've come to realize over the past four months with clarity is that it is very unlikely someone can come in and be effective as a visionary leader here at Mountain Park while I am here as a primary teacher and the one who did that job as shepherd for 15 years, for the past 15 years. And so it is with um, tremendous sadness that I, I let you know that I've decided to pull myself out of the equation, that I have submitted my resignation to the board a couple weeks ago, and I wanted to walk that out with you. Because sometimes life doesn't go as planned. And what I want to do with you here today is I want to process this with you. I want to be with you for the next few moments and just kind of talk this out a little bit. What I don't want to do is make an announcement and then head backstage and then say, hey, let's sing a final song and then take off, etc. I want to just walk this out with you. I want to process it with you because this is not about me. This is about us. This is our church. This is about you and and the parts of your life that have not gone the way you planned and the way we're ch challenged by those things and, and the way we're experiencing those things and responding to those things, etc. This is, this is about us. What are we supposed to do when life doesn't go as planned? When we have something in front of us that we want to fix, something that is very important to us, dear to our hearts, we want to fix it. And we haven't found a way to fix it. We haven't found the right tools. We haven't found the right way to figure this out. What, what are we supposed to do when life doesn't go as planned? So what I want to do today with the rest of our time, I want to take a look at just a little story that is found in Acts chapter 15. And the book of Acts is the story of the followers of Jesus after Jesus ascended into heaven. And it was the people then who were to lead the church and, and get started with the church. And two of those leaders were a guy named Paul and a guy named Barnabas. 
These two guys were buddies, and they just returned from what is referred to as the first missionary journey. They went into multiple cities around the Mediterranean Sea, and they went to these cities and told them about Jesus, and they started multiple churches in that area. They had a blast. You can find that story in Acts chapters 13 and 14. And then in chapter 15, um, we find this little story beginning in verse 36. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Paul wanted to go back and make a tour through the Mediterranean and visit the same churches and and do what he could to help these brand new churches who were just getting started to, to give them some encouragement and make sure they weren't falling apart after they had left. So Paul was very excited about making this journey. Verse 37, Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. On that first missionary journey, they they took John Mark with them. And John Mark bailed on them on the journey. We don't know why. We don't don't have a lot of the details on the story, but he he bailed on him. He got an abode and he went back to Jerusalem and he just kind of pulled out. And Paul was ticked off about it. Paul did not like the fact that John Mark would do that. And so the whole idea of inviting John Mark back, for him, it's a once-bitten, twice-shy situation. He says, I don't, I don't trust him. I don't trust John Mark. To, we're going to go and do the same exact journey that he bailed on us before. And so I don't want to do that again. And then we find verse 39. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Notice here in this verse, It doesn't say, Paul felt called to go one way and Barnabas felt called to go another way. It doesn't say that Paul and Barnabas and all the others assembled in Jerusalem just were arm in arm singing Kumbaya and then decided together, hey, let's go to different places. God bless you all. God bless the Middle East, whatever. That's not what happened. It says, they had a sharp disagreement and they parted company. I love the honesty of Scripture. I love that they just said, here's what happened. The book of Acts was written by Luke, who was a friend of Paul's. He was, a, he was another buddy of Paul's. He wanted, Luke wanted to write an accurate account of the whole story. And so he very well could have in this moment, he could have glossed over this thing, this part of the story. He could have have protected his buddy Paul and sugarcoated the situation and just kind of made it look and feel a little bit cleaner, but he didn't. And so as I walk this out with you, I, I think you, since this is your church, you deserve to, to have an announcement from me today not be sugarcoated. For, so that we, we could, I can communicate it this way, in a way that is honoring to all involved, but is, but is also honest, so that we, are, we don't have to make up and fill, fill holes in terms of what's going on, but that we would be able to shoot straight and let you know 
What is happening in our church that we love so much? Now, before I get into that, I do want to do a, a tangent that is really important to me. This is a, a side note, okay? I'm going off-road, and I'm going to come back. The tangent is this, okay? Please understand that Paul and Barnabas were buddies and co-workers. They were not married. They were not in covenant with one another. So what I mean by this tangent, and I have to say it, please don't use Acts chapter 15 as a reason for you to part company with your spouse that you're in covenant with because you've had a sharp disagreement. Okay, that, that is not how we get to use this verse. That's not what the Bible says about what we do. This is about uh, two people who said, you know what? Uh, well, we love each other, but, but we, are, we disagree on this piece, and so we're going to go in our separate ways and see what happens here. As we look at the story in Acts chapter 15, the reality of the story is that both Paul and Barnabas loved Jesus very much. Both Paul and Barnabas were passionate about the work of the kingdom, enough to, to give their own lives for it. Very passionate about what God wanted to do through this, about reaching people with the message of Christ. Absolutely loved Jesus and absolutely loved the work of the kingdom. But mistakes were made. Because they're human. Paul was not willing to give John Mark a second chance. And this is ironic because Paul wrote a large portion of our New Testament and a lot of Paul's messages about grace and second chances and redemption, and yet he was not able to offer that to Barnabas here in this story. He was not able to say, hey, uh, sorry, not, not able to offer it to John Mark, to say, hey, we'll go on it, we'll try it again and see if John Mark can turn around. Many say here that Paul was wrong. That as we look at this story, Paul was wrong with this deal. But Barnabas had a role in the story as well. Barnabas got a little bit blinded by family because John Mark was his nephew. So there was perhaps a little bit of nepotism going on on Barnabas' side. We have two people who love Jesus and love the mission of the church but they weren't perfect in terms of how they walked that out. When it comes to the past 15 months and the, the many, many, many conversations that uh, the board and I have had, the board is, is filled with men and women who love Jesus, who love the mission of our church and love you all. I want the very best for this church and for this community, and I am the same way. So we, we love Jesus and we love the mission of the church, but mistakes were made. And on my end, in 2017, for those of you who have been with us for a number of years, we moved into this beautiful new building. And it's just a great story that things did not go well at the other uh, church because you got blown out by the freeway. And then God provided through, through his graciousness and through your generosity, we were able to enter into this beautiful new facility. And just what a great story that all was. And I celebrated that with you. But we were short-staffed at that time, significantly short-staffed in an organization that I was trying to lead. And at the same time, we grew over 30% that year. And I got worn out. I got 
significantly worn out. And, and the mistake I made is that I took my foot off the gas in terms of leading the staff and leading the board. During that time as we moved in here, what I did is I, I shifted my attention. I love teaching, and so I shifted my attention more towards the Sunday morning teaching piece and the development of a three-year discipleship journey and the structure for the journals and the, one of the 12 events on Sunday nights and all of that stuff. I leaned towards all of that, and I loved doing all that, and I was focusing on that. But while I was doing that, I was not leading your church in the way that she needed to be led. I was passing off things that a good leader does not pass off. So as a result, here four years later, we kind of find ourselves where we are today trying to figure out, okay, what, what are the options going forward, etc. Mistakes were made. And it's natural when that happens is to say, okay, well, who's, who's right? Let's go back. Let's go back four years, three years, two years, one year. And let's, who's right and who's wrong? In Acts chapter 15, was Paul right? Was Barnabas right? Does it matter? I mean, if you had the opportunity to talk to Paul, if you had the opportunity right now to stand before Paul, the guy who wrote the majority of our New Testament, the guy who's perhaps the second most influential person in the history of humanity, and asked Paul, hey, in Acts chapter 15, would you say that you were right in that decision to not bring John, John Mark with you? What do you think Paul would say? My guess is that he would say what most of us say when we're in a sharp disagreement with somebody. Well, yeah, I'm right. I mean, that's human nature. Just to say, okay, I know where I'm at. I I see things from my perspective. I want to listen. I want to be heard. We want to do this in a healthy way where we're honoring and loving one another. But there's a natural thing to just kind of say, you know, it's the who's right, who's wrong, and all that. But the question is not who's right and who's wrong. The question is, what are we going to do now? The, the, the question is, okay, here's, here's where we are, so w- what's going to happen next? What, what are we going to do now? Where are we going from here? When life doesn't go as planned, what do we do now? Because we can't go into the, into the past and fix it. We can talk about it and process it, but what do we do now going forward? And where the hope comes for all of us as we experience moments where life doesn't go as planned is that God is, remains in control and God has a plan for your life, for the church's life, for my life moving forward. See, because Paul and Barnabas loved Jesus and were passionate about the, 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 the mission of the church, the work of the kingdom, things went well for both of them. So Paul ended up taking what is referred to as a second missionary journey into the Mediterranean. And he took another guy named Silas, who became another one of the leaders in the early church. And it says in 2 Timothy that Paul reconciled with John Mark and said very positive things about John Mark. Barnabas ended up taking John Mark on his own missionary journey. We don't don't know a lot of details about that, but it went well. And there's evidence that Barnabas reconciled with Paul. And so the two of them had had figured this out, et cetera. So what happened is Paul and Barnabas had a disagreement. They parted ways, and God used them in significant, powerful ways 
as they move towards reconciliation and continuing to realize their role in God's story. And that's my hope for me and for Mountain Park moving forward. As far as me, as far as next steps for me, I, I, don't, I don't know what my next steps are. I don't know what I'm going to be doing yet. The number one thing on my list right now is perhaps to take a, a journey through the Mediterranean Sea that seemed to work for Paul. I think I might want to, you know, might be interested in that. We'll see if that one works out. But more realistically, I'm, in the next month or so, I'm going to take a trip to Denver and, and, uh, and uh, meet with an organization that connects CEOs and leaders of organizations with meaningful opportunities around the world. And so it would be pretty exciting to just kind of see how that might land. Or I might be an apprentice mechanic at Breaks Plus up the road. That sounds, that sounds like a lot of fun too. I'm, not, I'm just not sure what the next step is going to be for me. As far as our church, she needs a leader. She needs a leader. And my hope for our church is that God, in, in, in God's own timing, will provide a vibrant, joyful, spirit-filled, strong, exciting leader to take Mountain Park to the next season, to have the, the honor of serving this church that I have had the unspeakable honor of doing over the past 15 years. You are, an ama- you are still my favorite church in the whole world. You are an amazing group of generous, kind, sacrificial people who are eager to learn about God and dig into your role in God's story. It, this is a great church, and I, and I believe what she needs going forward is clarity on the shepherd. See, what happened with Paul and Barnabas is that they went, they went in different directions but they never got in the way of what God was doing in each other's lives. And so that's what, that's what we need to do going forward is that, is that as I move on to whatever God has for me and Mountain Park moves on, that, that we don't get in the way of whatever God has for us because God has something beautiful for each pathway. And my, my hope is to come back here as many times as you'll have me to come and be a guest speaker or whatever the thing is because I love this place. I love this church. So what, what about you and whatever is going on in your life that is, has not gone on as planned? Imagine that you are lying on a bed in a hospital. And when you open your eyes, the first thing that you see is Jesus himself, who's referred to in Scripture as the great physician. Imagine Jesus hovering over you and asking you, do you know who you are? Regardless of your circumstances or your current pain or how things did not work out or disappointments, etc., do you know who God has made you to be? Imagine Jesus asking you, do you know what has happened to you? Do you know how you got to where you are? 
in that hospital bed? Are you honest about what your role has been to get you into this place, about mistakes that you have made, etc.? Are you, are you open and honest about what has happened to you and, and acknowledge those things and recognize how that has shaped who you are? And then thirdly, do you want to live life this way? In other words, do you want to continue down the path that you're on or is it time to make a change? Are you, are you continuing to move in the right path? Or have you known for a while that it is time for you to make a serious and bold change in your life? These are questions that I've been wrestling with and dealing with personally. As, as I imagine myself opening my eyes and seeing Jesus in front of me and asking this question, Alan, do you know who you are? I am still a ruggedly handsome Canadian. <laughs> we can't stop that. We can't. Do you know what has happened to you? I have been on a profound journey for the past year with a Christian counselor and with a, a men's group that I have had the pleasure of connecting with that together we have been digging into trauma from my background and mistakes that I've made that have, that have shaped, that have led me to where I am today. The more honest I am about all of that stuff, the more I can understand what's going on in my life and how I could allow me to, to make some mistakes as a leader here in a way that I don't want to going forward. Am I honest about what has happened to me to, to bring me to where I am today? And then... I imagine Jesus saying, do you want to live your life this way? It's time for me to move on. As hard and painful as that is for me, I believe it's time for me to move on. And I, I want you to understand, you, you, don't, you don't know the 15-month journey. And so I just want to tell you, I'm not a quitter. And I am not quitting on you. I'm not a quitter. I don't, I just, I, I just, the, the board and I have worked, have worked tremendously to try to, what about this? What if we try this? And what about this? And, and let's go back in this and try this. And okay, how, what if we did this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We've worked hard on it. I'm not quitting because it's hard or it's awkward or it's difficult or whatever. I'm resigning because I truly believe that this is what's best for your church. That, that, that what she needs more than anything is clarity on leadership and that I need to get out of the way in order to allow that to happen. So, in terms of timing, next Sunday will be my last teaching Sunday. So what I'm going to do is, 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 unfortunately we had to pause on the Bible series, but I, I want to do a part two on this. I really want to go after, I have one final shot to go after truly, what does it mean? What do we do when life doesn't go as planned? We're, gonna, we're just going to be an exciting journey for us to just kind of dig into what that looks like. And as Kimberly had said, next week, my good friend Marsh is going to be here. He's going to lead worship on Sunday morning. And then we're going to worship our brains out on Sunday night at 6.30. It's going to be great. I hope you're all there. It's going to be a blast. What a great way you know, for me to wrap that piece of it up. Next Sunday is my last teaching Sunday, but I will remain on staff through the middle of July in order to help out with any transitional things and be available for whatever. 
as far as you being able to process your church, as far as um, you having questions and, and, and needing a place to take those questions, we have a couple options. And I think it's really important for you to have a place to process because, because you, you have things you want to ask, you have holes you want to fill, you know, you, I'm only saying so much here and so you want to kind of continue to dig into it. I think it is very important for you to have a healthy way to process in a, in a positive manner as we navigate this. Change is difficult, so let's do it together. Let's process this together. So I want to give you two ways to get it out, two ways to process. One is, is you can simply email me and the board. The email addresses are up on the screen. You can simply uh, connect with us directly, and I would encourage you to copy both groups with, with communication so that we, are, we continue to be together in the communication. Obviously, you can just go to one or the other, but I would encourage you to copy the other one so that we are together, we continue to be together as we continue to do our best to, to navigate and lead through this change. The second option is that I want to be available to you. I want to be available for uh, follow-up conversations. This morning, I am going to slip backstage, um, and, uh, and uh, just because it, it's, this morning is a little overwhelming for me, and I want you to be able to think and process, and etc. But I want to be available, and so for Monday and Wednesday this week and Monday and Wednesday next week, I'm going to be available up in the great rooms from 6 to 8 for whoever wants to just come and talk. Uh, some board members are going, to be, are going to be there as well and participate in that. It's not an official meeting. It's not a presentation by any means. It's simply an opportunity to be available for you to come. And there's just one of you. We'll have a great time for a couple hours. If there are multiple, multiple folks, we'll kind of do a Q&A, whatever that looks like. But I just, I just don't want... It's your church, and you need to have an outlet, a place to go with whatever's going on inside you. And we want, I want to just be available and connect with you in that way, however that might look. Monday and Wednesday, etc. I love you guys, and I want to, to, to do this well. I want to transition well, okay? You're very kind. Thank you. Thank you. What I want to do is, what better thing for us to do is pray and then worship. I want to pray with you. Just stay standing. We'll pray with you. We'll do one more song. And would you just bow your heads and pray with me? Father, you, you know how hard this has been for me personally. And you know how hard it is for many of us here in this room when life doesn't go as we planned. It can hurt. It can be frustrating. It can make us make poor decisions, God. Would you protect us from doing anything that would be dishonoring to you? Would you protect Mountain Park from any division, any, any gossip, any, any, any I heard, I heard, God, but that we would be together in walking out this transition in a loving way 
as we, as we watch you take things, take our disagreements and turn them into something beautiful. As we watch you take, take our plans that didn't go the way we wanted them to go to turn them into something beautiful. God, we trust you with that. We love you. We are thankful that you have always been faithful. And you will remain faithful. Amen.